Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is 7 April. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we have uh, uh, something I just want to say. Happy anniversary to Frank and Kathy. It's their 39th wedding anniversary this past week, and I thought I'd send them a little kudos to that. That's pretty wonderful. Mine's coming up here shortly, uh, another two months. So please don't let me forget that when we get closer. My first anniversary, or our first anniversary, um, it was September when I remembered. Or it's actually June, but I remembered in September, so that wasn't very good. But that's, that's me. I'm not really an attentive person. So um, Our first category, as always, is Israel. And I got a uh, note from the doctor when uh, he walked up this morning, and it has a checklist of things to do, and one of them is to pray for the upcoming elections yeah. on Israel yeah. on April 9th, which is in just two more days. And so we're going to do that before we even get into the update. Heavenly Father, we certainly do pray for Israel. We pray for them as a people. We pray for them as your people called back from the nations. And we pray that uh, this election will go, we know that it's going to go in accord with your word. There's no doubt about that. The word is written. But we would pray that it would go in a satisfactory way where morality would be kept up, that things would not devolve more in that nation. And we thank you for our own leader here in America who's been a uh, real blessing to check what had been happening in the past years in this nation. And we would pray for him as well. We pray for strength for our leaders that are on your side. And we would pray for weakness on the leaders that are against you and that are bringing in immorality and perversion both in Israel and in the United States. And yes, we pray for this election and that your hand would be on it and that people would see the importance of what's going on in Israel and that you would be glorified through what happens there and not further degraded in people's eyes because of the conduct of Israel, but instead exalted in people's eyes because of the nation you have called back. And we would pray this, that you would be glorified, and we pray this in the name of Jesus, the Messiah of Israel and the Christ of the nations. Amen. Amen. Okay, we've got our first category today is Israel, as always, and from the Times of Israel, I love this. I was so excited. U.S. is redrawing official maps to include the Golan as part of Israel. They're already getting to work on it up there. The Trump admin is preparing to update all U.S. government maps to include the Golan Heights as part of Israel after the president formally recognized Israeli sovereignty over the territory. A State Department spokesman said that the map changes would be consistent with the shift in longstanding American foreign policy that now recognizes the Golan Heights as uh, part of the state of Israel. And I can just imagine some of those State Department people that have to make these maps that are on the left and are probably just grinding their teeth over it. But hey, tickles me pink. All right, from the uh, Times of Israel. Brazil to open a trade office in Jerusalem as a part of its embassy. Good job, Brazil. He had to step back a little from an earlier promise, but we'll see if he fulfills it later. Brazil announced it would open a trade office in Jerusalem, joining a growing list of countries seeking to boost their ties with Israel while stopping short of relocating their embassies from Tel Aviv. 
The new office in Jerusalem will promote trade, investment, technology, and innovation as a part of its embassy in Israel. The foreign ministry in capital city, Brasilia, said in a statement, the newly elected Bolsonaro repeatedly promised to move the embassy to Jerusalem, drawing praise from Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Trump and criticism from other countries. However, he appeared to back off his promise last week when he said he was considering opening a trade office in Jerusalem. The government was still studying the embassy transfer plan. From Reuters, a Bolsonaro, I don't know how you pronounce that, but anyway, uh, visits Western, I know it's Hispanic word, and so they've got those little flourishes in there. I, I don't, you know, I know we got somebody that could probably correct me on that later in the church, and I may ask her, how do I pronounce that next time? I got a guy that speaks uh, Spanish, and he's got a, uh, it's called Latin Arabia, his website, and he ministers to people in Latin Arabia. And whenever I pronounce something wrong, he always sends me an email and says, you're pronouncing Peruvia wrong, or, you know, so, you know whatever. And so, and I try to remember these things, but it's very difficult. I'm, I'm just not really good at uh, uh, pronouncing some things, and the, the Hispanic languages are one of them. So there you go. Read that again. Bolsonaro visits Western Wall, Palestinians angry at Jerusalem mission. Brazilian President Bolsonaro, accompanied by Israel's Prime Minister, visited Jerusalem's Western Wall Monday as the Palestinians considered recalling their ambassador in Brasilia over a new trade mission to Israel in the Holy City. Let them recall it. Who cares? Uh, the interesting thing about that, which I'm not done with the article, but is the fact that he went to the Western Wall with Netanyahu. As I said, uh, Trump had Pompeo go with him. This is a real signal here. This wasn't, this was another change in the landscape. And I think we're going to see other countries doing this in the future since Trump set that precedent last week. But he followed right along with it. The ancient Western Wall, the most sacred prayer site in Judaism, is located in the eastern part of the city, Israel, captured in 1967 Middle East War and later annexed in a move not recognized internationally. Bolsonaro, on a four-day trip to Israel, and Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu approached the wall together and leaned side by side against its massive stones. Bolsonaro placed a prayer note in between the stones, as is customary. Bolsonaro's original proposal to move Brazil's embassy to Jerusalem angered the Muslim world, and senior Brazilian officials backed away from that for fear of damaging ties with Arab countries and jeopardizing billions of dollars in halal meat exports. Now, I will say this, that we were threatened by everybody on the planet if we did it, and it hasn't affected us at all. People want halal meat from Brazil? They're going to buy it regardless of what they do. This is a scare tactic, and once the move is made, it will be completely forgotten, just as it is with us. Okay, people will just boil over it and they'll sit at their dinner tables and complain against it. But when it's done, it's done. They will continue to buy from Brazil. That's all there is to it. So they need to just do it, not be weak. Uh, why not? Rabinate. This just just bothers me. This is the kind of thing that when I said the prayer a minute ago for Israel, it's the kind of thing that just bothers me. Because as I say from time to time, Ezekiel thirty six twenty two, yet not for your sake. O house of Israel, am I going to do these things? But for the sake of my name, which you have blasphemed among the nations. Okay, it's going on to this day. Rabbinate judges a rushed divorce deal to allow husband's marriage to another man. The man who is religious and a father of several children walked into the Netanya Rabbinate office in early March and asked for an urgent divorce. Right this instance. 
When the Rabinate's team inquired about the urgency of the matter, the man revealed he had recently come out of the closet and found a male partner who lives in Italy, who now awaits him there. The rabbis had a fierce discussion and were torn whether their approval of the divorce means they will be indirectly supporting a homosexual relationship forbidden by religious law. Finally, fearing the man's wife would remain a chained woman bound in marriage until granted a divorce document according to Jewish law can only be given by the husband, the rabbinate approved the divorce. So there you go. This nonsense is going on in Israel, just like it's going on all over the world, and people cannot keep their morals in check any longer. From the Times of Israel, this made every news site on the planet, but just in case you didn't hear it, it's very interesting. Tiny first temple find could be first proof of aid to biblical King Josiah. The two inscriptions in Paleo-Hebrew writing were found separately in a large first temple structure within the span of a few weeks. One is a bluish agate stone seal belonging to Ikar, son of Matanyahu. The other is a clay seal impression belonging to Nathan Melech, servant of the king. Nathan Melech is named in two kings, 23 verse 11 as an official in the court of King Josiah. So there we have actual proof of this person who's mentioned in the Bible, and there he is in the royal courts with King Josiah. Wonderful stuff. History, the stones will cry out. It's just, you know, coming out all over the world that Israel is the people. They are back in the land, and the Lord has his hand upon them. From the Jerusalem Post, good news here. Thad, the uh, missile defense system that we lent to Israel for a month, okay, Thad deployment, permanently to Israel now. The IDF has announced the U.S. THAAD anti-ballistic missile defense system is to be fully deployed permanently into the U.S.-based Aero anti-missile defense system. It is considered one of the most advanced systems of its kind in the world. The deployment is another step in strengthening the long-term relationship between the two countries and strengthens the close cooperation between them. I would like to say, and I may read the article next week, or I probably won't because I'm mentioning it now, but just this morning, I read an article that our uh, Lindsey Graham in the Senate is going to propose, and if it happens, I think it would be the best move we've made in the 70-some years of Israel's history for us, is that he is going to propose that we align ourselves directly with Israel, that if an attack comes against Israel, it is then an attack against the United States. Okay, and so I would love to see that. We'll see where that goes. Uh, it would be a real step forward in letting the nations know that we are joined with them in a unique way. Um, you know, when the Gulf War came about and the Iraqis went in and did what they did in Kuwait, uh, my dad was kind of upset at the time. He says, we never should have gone in and, and gotten involved in that war. And I say, you don't understand. We had a agreement with them. We had an actual agreement that if you are attacked, we will come to your defense, okay? If we did not go in and execute that war, we would have violated one of our own agreements with a nation that we had dealt with. And so we, we, it was the right thing, okay? Regardless of how history looks at it, regardless of how anything else looks at it, we were under obligation to help them. And come to find out, though, I was in Malaysia at the time, assigned to the U.S. Embassy, and the Malaysians were just ballistic. You know, how dare you do this, and you're attacking a sovereign Muslim nation and all this. And afterward, they had egg all over their face because the Kuwaitis went in to the largest mall in, in the country, which was very close to where I lived, and they had a display of what the Iraqis did. The utter 
disgusting things they did to the women, the children. They, I can't describe to you what those pictures were, and they were out there for anybody to see, and they realized America did the right thing. We went in and we took care of business because we were under obligation to, but morally, we would have been under obligation after seeing what they had done to the Kuwaiti people. So, from space.com, a couple more days, folks. Pioneering Israeli lunar lander arrives in orbit around the moon. Up next is historic touchdown attempt on April 11th. Israel just became the seventh nation to orbit the moon. So that's kind of wonderful stuff. And we'll see if it actually lands on the moon. If it does, they get a million bucks out of it. Cost them a lot more than that to do it, but at least they get something, you know, a little pat on the back and a photograph and a million dollar check. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, from Christian News Today, I call this entire section dopish. But uh, before I get into our articles, I am going to do today a sermon on tithing. Why tithing is not a New Testament or New Covenant principle, okay? This is for the people that don't attend this church, that are watching the Prophecy Update, and that don't understand what tithing actually says in the Bible. They've been told their whole life that you're to tithe. They've been told their whole life that it's 10% that Israel gave, etc. Those are all wrong. They are all wrong. I would ask you, if you don't watch another sermon this year, if you're stuck on Prophecy Updates, I would ask that you watch this sermon, okay? I would ask that you watch it, that you would learn what the Bible says about giving in a New Covenant context, and I would also ask you, after watching this sermon, to post it, to be brave enough to post a sermon about why tithing is not a New Covenant principle wherever you go on all of your uh, websites and your Facebook and wherever you go, post that sermon so that people understand the lie that has been perpetrated against Christianity for so very long, okay? That'll be the subject of our sermon. And as I promised last week, popcorn will be served. And because I know some people in here can't eat gluten, I got gluten-free popcorn, non-GMO. So everybody here can participate, get a cup and sit down and we'll have a sermon in popcorn. All right, let's see here. From Haaret, dope. And Moroccan king call for peaceful coexistence in Jerusalem. Dope Francis and Moroccan king Mohammed VI are calling for Jerusalem to be preserved as a symbol of peaceful coexistence and for Muslims, Jews, and Christians to be allowed to worship there freely. Okay, my question is, if they're going to give that statement, then that means that they should allow a temple to be built. Yep. Because how else do you make such a statement unless you allow them to worship in the way that they worship? Because they're not going into a mosque, are they? Right. So they have made this statement. Now they need to follow through with that. That's the only thing I got out of that article. But here we go from Mail Online. The issue of migration will never be resolved by raising barriers. Dope Francis savages Trump's border wall on visit to Morocco, saying it would only stir up fear and deny help to those in genuine need. That is the largest lie that he has said in quite a while, because we never turn away somebody that's in need, ever. We, we allow more migrants into America than the rest of the world combined. I may read that article. It just came out again this past week. Every once in a while it comes out. I'm talking about refugee needing people. We are the largest bringer of people in in the planet and we exceed all of the rest of the world combined. We never turn our back on people that are in need. We want them to come legally through the right process and not the way that it's going. He is, this man is a danger to society. All right, next from uh, 
Reuters, Dope criticizes building border walls. Dope Francis said that political leaders who want walls and other barriers to keep migrants out will end up becoming prisoners of the walls they build. I realized that with this problem, a government has a hot potato in its hands, but it must be resolved differently, humanely, not with razor wire. Well, how about bullets? What does he recommend? He just makes these statements and he doesn't recommend anything. And we've got a crisis in this nation because of this kind of thing going on. And he's opening his mouth and he's saying things that are completely, completely unchristian in any way, shape, or form. Did he state that behind his wall? Did he state it what? Behind his wall? Behind, yeah, behind his wall. He's probably, no, he was speaking in Morocco. But he, yeah, he had defenders and, and I'm sure a security patrol around him and everything else. But yes, um, uh, the next article, when I heard this next article, or when I read it, I came unglued. You wonder why I call this guy Dope Francis? You're going to know why. I was, I was literally appalled when I read the title of this. I couldn't believe it. I, you know, sometimes people make up titles, and then it doesn't have anything to do with the context of the, the thing. They just want to get your attention. Times of Israel. Please, no proselytism. Dope in Morocco warns Catholics off converting others. Dope Francis warned Catholics in Morocco against trying to convert others to boost their small numbers during a rare visit by a pontiff to the North African country. Speaking in Rabat's cathedral on his second day in the Moroccan capital, Francis insisted trying to convert people to one's own belief always leads to an impasse. Please, no proselytism. He told an audience of around 400 who greeted the dope's arrival by uluating and applauding while hundreds more gathered outside the cathedral. Christians are a tiny minority in Morocco where 99% of the population is Muslim, with sub-Saharan Africans making up a large part of the country's 30,000-strong Catholic community. Islam is a state religion, and authorities are keen to stress the country's religious tolerance, which allows Christians and Jews to worship freely, but Moroccans are automatically considered Muslim if they are not born into the Jewish community. Apostasy is socially frowned upon, and proselytizing is criminalized. There are a few thousand Christian converts in Morocco who, since 2017, have called openly for the right to live without persecution and without discrimination. Francis is the first pontiff to visit the North African country since John Paul II in 1985, and the cathedral had been repainted for the occasion. Okay? That was the most appalling thing I've ever heard any Christian ever say. And this is supposedly the leader of Christianity in the world. Don't tell other people about the only message that can save them from hell. Don't tell them. Keep your mouth shut. We talked about before we opened today when Jim was giving his opening comments about people dying apart from Jesus Christ. There are people throughout the church age that have gone around the world and they have given up their lives in order to try to get the message to the people of the world. They've died in foreign lands. They've been butchered by the thousands simply because they say the name of Jesus. And this coward, this coward would say something like that. Don't proselytize. I, I tell you what, if I had, if I was an unbalanced person any more than I am already, I would do something really I won't go any further with that, but I, I was so unglued, and I still am. I'm literally unglued about what that man said. They, that, nobody should be going to the Catholic religion anyway. He's absolutely right. But this is, this, is, this is one of the most horrifying things I've ever, ever read. Next article from the AP, Dope Defends Decision to Keep French Cardinal After Cover-Up. 
Pope Francis defended his decision to reject French Cardinal Philippe Barbain's resignation after he was convicted of covering up for a predator priest, saying the appeals process must run its course before a final decision is made. That is contrary to what the Bible tells us. Francis also explained why he rejected proposals by U.S. bishops to respond to the sex abuse scandal there, saying they neglected the spiritual dimension required for true reform. Francis' dopacy has been thrown into turmoil by the eruption of the scandal on multiple continents and his own handling of cases at the Vatican. Currently, two of his cardinals, Barbain and Australian Cardinal George Pell, have criminal abuse-related convictions hanging over them, though both are appealing. In the news conference, Francis also defended his tendency to blame the devil for the abuse scandal, saying the crisis is of such magnitude and scale of filth that it cannot be understood without referencing the mystery of evil. Well, I'll tell you what the mystery of evil is. It's sitting in the Vatican right now. He's sitting in that chair. (sighs) Voice of Europe. New Zealand removes any reference to Jesus from parliamentary prayer. In the wake of the Christchurch mosque attack, We come to find out that New Zealand has removed references to Jesus from the parliamentary prayer, sparking outrage among the country's Christian population. Yeah. Speaker of the House Trevor Mallard made the decision to drop references to Jesus in order to make the prayer more inclusive for all parliamentarians. And then one that I added in a day ago, this is just typical of this person, but, you know, the Bible speaks of people claiming that they're Christ. They're claiming that they're Messiah. Guess who the newest one is? You didn't hear this. Minister Farrakhan at Louis Farrakhan. God does not love this world, he says. This is his tweet. God never sent Jesus to die for this world. Jesus died because he was 2,000 years too soon to bring about the end of the civilization of the Jews. He never went on no cross. There was no Calvary for that Jesus. And then the next tweet. Minister Farrakhan at Louis Farrakhan. I represent the Messiah. I represent the Jesus, and I am that Jesus. There you go. That's a man destined for some real punishment. You're talking about some real punishment coming to that guy. From Islam today, speaking of a Muslim, why not? Fakistinians consider recalling envoy over Brazil's Jerusalem trade mission. The fake ambassador to Brazil said he may be recalled home after right-wing Brazilian President Bolsonaro's new government said it will open a trade mission to Israel in Jerusalem. Brazil has not officially recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Most world powers say the city's status should be decided as part of a peace process with the fakes, which it will be. We know Daniel 9, 24 through 27, but there you go. That's uh, just another side of what we said earlier from Al Arabiya. 40 children killed in year of Gaza border protests. Thousands of Fakistinians have gathered at least weekly along the border in protests that have led to deadly clashes with the Israeli military. Demonstrators are calling for Israel to lift its crippling decade-long blockade of Gaza, while also demanding refugees be allowed to return to homes and their families fled in the late 1940s during the creation of the Jewish state. Now, I will tell you before I go on that what happened is that they, uh, the Muslims said, all of you people need to leave because we're going to go in and we're going to destroy Israel, and then you can go back in and live in your lands. And the Israelis said, don't leave. We can work this out together. We, we can be brothers in this land together. 
This is history. This is what happened. The Muslims, though, incited them to get out while they could. Israel won the war. These people are gone from the land. And then the Muslims have been using this as a wedge against Israel now for 70 years. But the fact is that there are only a couple of these people that are actually have a right to return left and they're being kept in these camps. But the number is about 12,000, not a million plus. Anyway, around 40 children have been killed in the protests, and nearly 3,000 others have been hospitalized with injuries, many leading to lifelong disabilities, UNICEF said. UNICEF reiterates its outrage at the very high number of children who have been killed and injured as a result of armed conflict 2018, said UNICEF's Middle East director. He called on both sides to ensure children are not targeted. Exploiting children's lack of sense of purpose and vulnerabilities or enlisting them into violence are violations of children's rights. So that's where the rights are violated isn't by Israel. It's by the Muslims that are sending their children down there. If you don't want your child shot, don't send them into an active place where people are tearing things apart, destroying other people's property, and throwing bombs at people where you're going to have bullets flying back at you. But they are inciting this, and then they're using their children as a means of getting a stipend every month. Oh, poor little Ahmed, seven years old, got shot, and we're getting all this money every month because of poor little Ahmed, who they sent down there to get shot. Guardian, Israeli fire kills four Palestinians, says Gaza Health Ministry. Three teenage boys among the dead. Once again, sending your children down to do your dirty work while you sit at home waiting for your money to come in. And more than 40 others shot as up to 40,000 protests along Israeli border. If you want to watch, just go in and type the destruction that the fakes are doing to Israel. And you, they've got videos of them tearing things apart, pulling down barricades. It's Hey, listen, it's an invasion just like we have, but it's a violent invasion and they are taking action to stop it. So, whatever. Times of Israel, IDF apprehends and sends back eight-year-old Gazans who crossed into Israel with a knife. Army says children, yeah, eight years old, children claimed they wanted to be arrested and imprisoned in the Jewish state. There, no doubt what happened, their parents sent them over there with a knife and said, go into Israel, you'll either get shot or go to prison, and we'll get money for the rest of our lives. You'll be helping us out, little Ahmed. Oh. Yeah. Washington Post. Trump to welcome Egypt's sissy back to the White House. I love this. Continuing break with Obama. The White House announced that President Trump would welcome Egyptian President al-Sisi for a return visit to the White House. The invitation marks a continuation of the Trump admin's efforts to improve U.S. relations with Egypt after Obama refused to invite Sisi during his tenure because of concerns about his human rights record, which that has nothing to do with it. It has concerns about his Muslim Brotherhood being taken back out of power and they're all facing execution because they had gone into the Arab Spring and done what they shouldn't have done, supported by our president, including a crackdown on political dissent. In a statement, Sarah Sanders said Trump and Sisi, a former military general, would discuss strengthening the strategic partnership between the U.S. and Egypt and building on our robust military, economic, and counterterrorism cooperation. Sisi's earlier visit to the White House in April 2017, three months into Trump's tenure, was the first by an Egyptian president in eight years. Sisi's upcoming visit, scheduled for April 9th, two more days away, comes in advance of a referendum in Egypt on constitutional changes that could potentially allow Sisi to remain in power until 2034. So we know 
that our president gave unlimited access to the Muslim Brotherhood when he was in office. They have the documentation of them going in freely anytime they wanted, and that's why he didn't want Sisi there, is because it didn't fit his political agenda for taking over the world by Islam. So I'm glad our president is doing this and he's got the screwdriver and he's just screwdriving people right and left. I love our president. From the Times of Israel, German police arrest 10 suspected of planning terror attack. Okay, my thought is immediately, without even reading the article, that when somebody is suspected of planning a terror attack and they have the bombs ready, it is a terror attack. It just didn't get executed. You see what I'm saying? People will treat this like it's nothing when, in fact, if they had missed the intel to catch these guys, a lot of Germans would have died. German police say they have arrested 10 people in the west of the country on suspicion of planning an Islamic extremist terror attack. The DPA news agency reported the suspects were taken into custody in the towns of Essen, Dusseldorf, Wuppertal, uh, I can't pronounce the next one, it's like this long, um, Duisburg and Ulm, citing a, Ulm was easy, three letters, he can't blow that. Anyway, citing a spokesman for prosecutors in Dusseldorf. The prosecutor's spokesman was quoted as saying Saturday, last week, that the group was suspected of a connection to the Islamic State group, either as sympathizers or a splinter group, and of planning a serious act of violent subversion although there were currently no indication of a specific target. Prosecutors were not certain if criminal cases would be brought against all those taken into custody. Can you imagine that? We're just going to let some of them go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Officials said one of the suspects was from Tajikistan, but provided no information about the nationality of the others. Well, if you plan an attack like that and you are thwarted, you ought to get the same penalty as if you actually carried it out. That's just the way I look at it, but whatever, Mongolia. From the Pi News, Wall Street English opens in Mongolia. If you want to go learn English, you can go to Mongolia now. English language course provider Wall Street English is expanding in Mongolia, launching a new franchise operation. Jay said good. He wants to go. The first center is due to open shortly in Mongolia's capital of Ulaanbaatar, and another four centers will be opened in the coming four years in key urban areas across the wider region. There's a gap in the market for a more modern, innovative, and flexible brand English learning approach. The new operation, Wall Street English, explained in a statement, will target a gap in the market, opened by a lack of innovation in language teaching, provision coupled with strong demand for English language learning. Good job. Okay, from Daniel 12 Technology today. This first one is just unbelievable. It may not interest you at all, but I read it, and I just thought this is just way cool. From CBS Local, Cal Lawrence Livermore scientists create 3D printer with potential to print living organs. Researchers are at UC Berkeley, and Lawrence Livermore Lab have created a new kind of 3D printer that could potentially manufacture living human organs. Normal 3D printers work by building up thin layers of melted plastic to create solid objects. You're building up a little bit at a time. You're printing, okay? But it's hard to get intricate designs to hold their form. So, design engineers at Cal and Lawrence Livermore Lab got the idea of making 3D objects the same way a CT scan creates 3D images by hitting a patient with x-rays from many different directions. So we thought, let's reverse that process to create objects rather than imaging them, except we do it with light instead of x-rays. The process is called volumetric printing. Rotating images of an object are beamed 
through a conventional video projector. The light is focused on a slowly rotating cylinder of gooey resin containing plastic molecules with a light-sensitive activator. As light accumulates in designated areas, the gel begins to harden and a solid 3D object is created, not in layers, but all at once. In this, when you see something emerging out of nowhere, it really is magical. It's fun to watch. Right now, the objects are rudimentary, but the technique opens up a world of possibilities. It can create objects inside of other objects. Remember when you were a kid, the Chinese used to make those balls and they'd have more balls inside and those guys would stand there and carve them out and you'd have like 10 inside of each other and they'd all move independently. That's because somebody had to do it. Now they can make something like that just by simply shining light into gooey resin. We'll go on. Um, it uh, can create objects outside of other objects or, as shown in one experiment, a handle around a metal screwdriver. So you have the metal, you just print the handle right onto the screwdriver. It's done. All right. One more advantage of the process is that only the desired material hardens. The remaining resin is still usable, meaning almost zero waste is left over. But researchers are even imagining ways to use volumetric printing to arrange human cells into living organs, such as livers or kidneys. Now, I don't know how the Lord created man, but he did it like that out of the dust of the earth, and then he breathed the breath of life into it. And, you know, we can see if we can do something like this, and God is infinitely wise. He made all of us. I mean, he didn't make any mistakes there. We've got some wonderful people in this church. <laughs> Mail online. This next article, she's shaking her head. What's he talking about? He made you wonderfully. She's laughing. Anyway, um, Mail Online, this next article, what I did is I tested to see if it would work, okay? And what I did is I took old photographs of me when I was in high school and stuff because these are really, you know, they're like some of them were out of the yearbook, for example. And so there is no color comparison at all in there. It's not like the silver that they used to make photos with to see if it would work. It worked in some instances and some it didn't, okay? Mail online, now you can turn black and white images and old family portraits into color photos with a free AI app that uses machine learning to transfer historical snaps in seconds. So if you have black and white photos you want to have converted, just go online, I'll give you the website and you can do it. And I did it, and like I said, some of them came out really well. Some of them didn't come out so well. One of them, my lips were as blue as if I'd been, you know, eating grapes all day. But anyway, um, Colorize SG is what it's called. Colorize SG, which stands for Singapore, uh, was developed to provide Singapore with a viable and easy colorization tool. It has no way of knowing what the original colors should be, but designed to give a best estimate. So you just go into Colorize SG or it's Colorize.SG. I can't remember which. Anyway. Type in Colorize SG and it'll come up. And if you want to convert your photos, you do it right online. And some of them came out really well. I was surprised, right? Okay. I mean, it's hard to make me look good in any color, but at least we got some color into those old school photos. So uh, from Revelation Plagues today, from The Guardian, early rains prompt surge in Yemen's cholera cases. Yemen is seeing a sharp spike in the number of suspected cholera cases this year, as well as increased displacement. Nearly 110,000 cases have been reported, with 190 deaths in the country, which has been at war for four years this month. Almost a third of the cases were children under five. Oh, yes, it is. I wrote it in the wrong area. It's colorize, C-O-L-O-U-R-I-S-E dot S-G. Colorize 
Sg. There you go. That's the name of the site. I just saw it with my eyes. Okay, from Fox News, second disaster warned in Mozambique as cholera a concern. We just had that terrible storm which wiped out three countries. Now they're worried about cholera. Cyclone-ravaged Mozambique faces a second disaster from cholera and other diseases while relief operations pressed into rural areas where unknown number of people remain without aid more than 10 days after the storm. Some 1.8 million people in Mozambique need urgent help after Cyclone Idai, the United Nations said. The death toll in Mozambique from the cyclone is raised to 468, according to Mozambican authorities cited by the Portuguese news agency, Lusa. There are also 259 dead in Zimbabwe and 56 dead in Malawi. You know, we get hit by a giant storm in America, and we've got good building standards, and we might have eight or ten deaths, and we think, isn't that terrible? And if it hits and there's flooding, then you'll have more deaths. But something like this where you've got literally hundreds and hundreds of people dying, and all of the other people are in conditions now where they've got dead bodies, they've got dead animals, they've got no homes, and they are starting to really suffer with these diseases. So... If you have a heart to do that today, please remember to pray for the people that have been affected by this because it's hot, it's gross conditions. And, you know, when we get hit by something, we complain when we don't have electricity for a few days. These poor guys, the FPL forgot about them for what, two weeks? And so they had, what's that? Only a week, nine days. But, you know, even that, that's brutal. So what the neighbor was so kind to run an extension cord across the road and give them power. But we really suffer without electricity for a few days and these people don't have anything right now anyway morality today from one news now state rep threatened with censure over pre-session prayer you might have heard this it made a lot of the news services a state representative in pennsylvania is being condemned by fellow lawmakers and her governor for a christ-centered invocation the prayer, which lasted approximately two minutes, has been criticized because the state rep delivered it in moments before Representative Movita Johnson Harrell, a Muslim lawmaker, was being sworn into office. Governor Tom Wolf has said he was horrified by the invocation, and Johnson Harrell herself has said she was offended too because she felt it was directed at her. In her prayer, Borough, Boro, I can't pronounce her last name. It's kind of like B-O-R-O-W-I-C-Z. Anyway, she stated that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. That's yes. correct. A reference to Philippians 2.10. And she also mentioned President Donald Trump and support for Israel. Good for her. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that she was egging that person on. And I have no problem with that at all. That's what you do. You take a stand on what you believe and you stand up for your convictions. If they don't like it, Tough. Too bad. That's what oh, yeah, and she said Jesus like about 25 Yeah, she said Jesus again and again and again. Wonderful stuff. Good lady. From Life News, Vermont legislature bans pastor from giving prayer after he prays for everyone's right to life. Yeah, we're just being punished in these legislatures lately. Vermont senators banned a pastor from giving devotions to the legislative body after he spoke in January about the precious value of every human life. Rosaire Bisson was suspended from the Vermont Senate for a year. Though Bisson did not mention abortion, pregnancy, or unborn babies at all in his devotion, some senators apparently thought his message about everyone's right to life was too controversial and banned him. Bisson began his devotion by quoting, guess what? 
the Declaration of Independence, which is exactly what it says there, which emphasizes that human beings have an unalienable right to life, according to the local news, which reprinted the pastor's remarks. There is a reason that among those unalienable rights listed, life is first. For without life, it is impossible to enjoy these other rights, the pastor said. Indeed, the Equality and Human Rights Commission also states in Article 2, everyone's right to life shall be protected by law. And they banned him from the Senate because of that. Yeah, ban them. I hope they get voted out. Fox News, Pompeo announces expansion of U.S. ban on aid to groups providing abortion-related services. Secretary of State Pompeo announced that the United States is expanding its ban on giving aid to groups that either promote or provide abortions. In his announcement, Pompeo said that the U.S. had extended the ban to include organizations that comply with the rule but give money to others that don't adding that the Trump admin will not allow American taxpayer money to pay for backdoor funding schemes and end runarounds to our policy. So they had already passed that law, and apparently they were going around it, and we're just going to give it to them anyway, and so now that is out. Good job. Mail online. This is just absolutely perverse. You may have seen it in the news. You may not have, but it is just stomach-revolting. Grandmother gives birth to her granddaughter, at age 61, wait. Huh? Pictures show a Nebraska surrogate cradling her son and her husband's newborn baby girl after she went through IVF for them. He's gay. He can't have children, so mom has a baby for them. Christian Post. Unplanned makes twice the expected box office sales despite social media censorship. Good job. Times of Israel, UN slams inhuman Brunei law on death by stoning for adultery, gay sex. I don't think these people that are protesting that understand what Sharia law calls for, because that's right out of their religious law, okay? And two, I have absolutely zero problem with that. That is a sovereign nation, and they can pass any law they want, any law they want. If people don't want to go there and have their vacations, don't go, but that is their right, to do that. Even if I disagree with it, that is your right. I just won't go there myself, right? And I don't even fall into one of those categories. But there you go. They have a right to run their nations. And these people that think that this guy is doing something that's un-Islamic, that's exactly what Islam calls for. I just, I don't know where the disconnect in these lefties' brains is, but they don't pay attention in this world. No, yeah, there's no cognitive functioning at all. All right, Breitbart, Maryland-assisted suicide bill dies. Good job, Maryland. Mail Online, Chicago makes history by electing its first black gay female mayor. Former prosecutor Lori Lightfoot will take over from Rahm Emanuel after a convincing win. Okay, that's terrible. It's the best person they can find. Is that what they're saying? But at least she was running against another black female who supported this decision on that Hollywood guy that got there. So she is going to now go in and bring charges against them or try to do so. So at least something funny came out of this, something ironic. Anyway, our other category, Mail Online. Fed judge blocks California's move to ban high-capacity ammunition. Good job. San Diego-based U.S. District Judge Roger Benitz. Uh, ruled California's law against high-capacity gun magazines was unconstitutional. 
Good job. That's why we appoint reasonable judges there. And this was a Bush appointee, by the way. So I'm very, very glad that happened. And we'll see uh, how quickly or how long that lasts or how quickly it's overturned by somebody up higher. But anyway, New York Post. White people's diets are killing the environment. Yes, yes. White people are already accused of hogging the majority of jobs, film roles, and housing, and now they're getting blamed for eating up Earth's natural resources, too. Caucasian populations are disproportionately contributing to climate change through their eating habits, which uses up more food and emits more greenhouse gases than typical diets of black and Latinx communities, according to a new report published in the Journal of Industrial Ecology. Yeah. Oh, God. It's your fault. Thank goodness I'm married to an Asian, so I, my carbon footprint is less than all of you. France 2 4. That's it. Of course it is. The stupidest thing. The world is just, it, that ought to have been under the morality category, I think. Stupid. France 2-4. EU Parliament approves ban on single-use plastics. EU lawmakers voted overwhelmingly for an EU-wide ban on single-use plastic products such as straws, cutlery, and cotton buds that are clogging the world's oceans. The text had already been approved in negotiations with member states and EU officials, and it will now be rapidly approved in the law. Okay, that's great. That's a nice show that they did that. Okay, we're, we're trying to figure out problems to the plastic problem. The way that you handle the plastic problem isn't this. They already have the highest recycle rate in the planet. They recycle everything. I've watched all of the videos. I love watching how things are recycled and who does it. And they're not contributing to this problem. It's the over in Asia. It's in type in garbage river Haiti and watch five minutes of that. And you won't believe it. It is that they use their rivers as garbage cans. They do that in China. They do it in South America. People need to learn to handle their garbage. Right? That's what needs to happen. It's not taking something away from somebody. It's training people to do things, thinking logically. Okay? But now they're not going to have plastic, single-use plastic, and they're not even the problem. So they haven't really done anything. It's like that guy, um, uh, Martin Sheen. He wanted to empathize with the homeless people years ago. So what did he do? He went and slept on a street one night, went home, took a shower, and the rest of his life he's living in a billion-dollar house. He didn't do anything. Okay, from Zero Hedge. Midwest apocalypse. Satellite data shows at least one million acres of U.S. farmland devastated by floods. I got an uh, email from somebody that they say that their own state has that much, so it's actually much worse. Farms from the Dakotas to Missouri and beyond have been underwater for a week or more, possibly impeding planting and damaging the soil. The floods, which came just weeks after planting season starts in the Midwest, will likely reduce corn, wheat, and soy production this year, and with as many as a million calves lost to flooding, a lot less food than anticipated is going to be produced in the United States for this foreseeable future. We're the breadbasket of the world. Russia's a big part of that, too, but I got to tell you, if this turns out worse than this guy is already saying... Revelation plagues could come true in a heartbeat. I mean, we're going to feed ourselves before we feed the rest of the world. I guarantee you that. Oh yeah, it's the white. Yeah, it's the white people eating that food that's the problem. That's yeah. I goes on in Iowa. Four hundred and seventy-four thousand acres were covered by floodwaters for at least seven days in March, and Iowa farmers are facing very tough deadlines. 
Corn must be planted by May 31st and soybeans must be planted by June 15th in order to qualify for flood insurance. For most Iowa farms that were covered by floodwaters, that is going to be impossible. Overall, the recent flooding caused at least $3 billion in economic damage, but many believe that the final number will be far higher. Thousands of farms have been completely destroyed and thousands upon thousands of farmers will not plant any crops at all this year. And according to AccuWeather, this morning I read on AccuWeather that the total that they estimate is now up to $12.5 billion this spring for loss. From Breitbart, China develops cruise missile that launches from cargo ships. Boy, is that not scary because they've got a billion cargo ships out there. According to the U.S. defense official, China is developing a long-range cruise missile that can be hidden inside shipping containers and launched from civilian freighters, a type of ship China happens to own in abundance. The missile is described as the land attack version of a high-end anti-ship missile called YJ-18C. The Chinese anti-ship missile is, in turn, a variation of a Russian system that could be disguised as a shipping container. Weapons disguised as shipping containers could be launched from civilian ports at military facilities and could remain undiscovered for a very long time in storage. China operates or is building deep water ports in several strategic locations, including the Bahamas, Panama, and Jamaica that could be used covertly to deploy ships carrying YJ-18C. So there, that is scary. That's very scary. From Zero Hedge, China sends over 120 troops to Venezuela in defiance of U.S. warnings. A war is brewing. We've got the Russians down there, we've got the Chinese down there, and we've got us wanting to be down there. And that's all because of one word, three-letter word, oil. Oil. That is the most oil-rich country in the entire hemisphere. And if they can get that out of our hands, they will do so. So we're going to see where it goes. I have a less rick here. Actually, I have two. They both sent me one individually in. I had just enough space to fit it in there. So I want you to guess which article we are referring to here. White people don't know how to eat. Fat, sugar, and salt have them beat. Folks say it's not fair. We spoil land and air. And the Earth's resources deplete. Seems like white people will eat more than rice, and some claim we now all pay the price. Folks will say, holy cow, what shall we all do now? Pass the pizza and give me a slice. Good job, guys. All right, I got a couple ironies for you, and we will be done. This is entitled, Busted. From Mail Online, no good deed goes unpunished. Good Samaritan, who spent $540 on cookies to help the Girl Scouts get out of the cold, is arrested on drug dealing charges after a photo of them goes viral. He, he spent a bunch of money with the, the Girl Scouts, okay? He got his photo taken with the Girl Scouts, and they put this guy's photo on the internet, and the cops busted him. There you go. He's a druggie, yes. Okay, and then from Fox, California man arrested for impersonating DEA agent after pulling over a real federal agent. Yes, such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.